Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Alan Miltz. Now, originally, I was introduced to Alan from Greg Crabtree, and I'm so glad that he introduced us, because Alan has a fantastic system that he uses to eliminate business blind spots. And when you think about business as almost like a game, the way that you determine whether or not you're winning or losing in this game is through financial reporting and analysis. A lot of business owners miss it, though. So I'm excited to get Alan on this call. He's the chairman of Pearl Financial Services. And through this analysis technique, he's used it around the world in over 30 different countries. And it's used by some of the leading banks, businesses and accounting firms. He's presented to over 5,000 business leaders globally. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Alan to the Business Systems Summit. Good morning from Australia and welcome to those of you both in this country and globally. My name is Alan Miltz. I'm a South African chartered accountant living in Australia for the past 25 years. About 15 years ago, I founded a company called InMatrix, and we developed analysis techniques that today are being used globally by banks, business, and accountants. I realized that banks spoke Spanish, business spoke Portuguese, and there was no common way to look at the numbers. So my systems are used by 500 plus of the global banks, many thousands of accountants, and tens of thousands of corporations. Today, we're going to learn Spanish and Portuguese. I sold the company I founded five years ago. Today, I've got a new technology platform, Cashflow Story. I'm also the co-author or one of the co-authors of the global best-selling book by Vern Harnish, Scaling Up, and the chairman of Pearl Financial Services. Now, my notes can be found on the Cashflow Story website. So every word I say can be obtained from the Cashflow Story website. And I've also made nine training videos to highlight some of the key concepts. So absolutely critical. This is a talk that needs repetition. So please go to the Cashflow Story website and you can get more detailed notes and the videos. Today, this is what I'm going to cover. How to create a one-page financial scorecard. There are four chapters in a financial story. There are three critical cash flow measures you should look at every month. So once you understand your story and you understand your cash flow, how do you improve your company? And I've called it the power of one. How many 1% or one-day changes do you need to make to the business to achieve financial excellence? Are you making enough money, valuations, how the banks look at your business, 
And today, I sit on the board of about 15 companies globally. And what I was finding is that I would leave the management meeting or the board meeting, and I didn't really understand enough. In my notes as well, I'm going to cover what to discuss every month or every quarter in your business in a two to three hour management discussion. And those notes will be available as well on the Cashflow Story website. Now, when I started my business 15 years ago, competing against Moody's and S&P required significant capital investment. One of Australia's wealthiest families backed me, and this is the email they sent to me on the first day. They said to me, two heads are better than one. Everyone has the right to be heard in a non-threatening way. The truth will be told. Our word is our bond. The needs of the customer come first. There will be no surprises. Put the uncomfortable issues on the table. Promote teamwork and leadership and be proactive corporate citizens. And the lesson that sticks in my head every day is the concept of no surprises. So many businesses I walk into and people tell me the good news. What is clear to me now is tell us the bad news. Two heads are better than one and let's solve things in a non-threatening way. Now, today, I'm going to choose a case study. This is an actual business. Every word I say is correct, except for the company name. Williams Plumbing has been trading for the last 15 years. William imports plumbing products from China and sells them to building sites, construction, and retail or hardware stores. William believes business is absolutely brilliant. And these are William's financials. Over the past two years, revenue grew from 35 to 42 million. Gross margin improved from 10.5 to 13. Earnings before interest and tax EBIT grew from 3.7 to 4.6 million. And Williams made a net profit of 2.08 million. Now, today, we're going to start and we're going to end the same way. Revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. And I should say queen as well. Mm -hmm. We business speak Spanish. Every business I walk into, all they talk to me about is the profit. And I tell every business, your profit is an opinion. You can manipulate your profit. Your balance sheet's an opinion. You can change your inventory values, your asset values. The only fact in a company is cash flow. Now, if I had to ask you, what is William's cash flow in the 2016 year? So in other words, Williams made a net profit of 2.08 million. What is the net cash flow after everything's happened? What has been Williams cash flow over the past year? I can absolutely guarantee you I will have hundreds of difference of answers. People will look at the business and interpret the company differently. 
you will all give me the same profit number, but you will all give me a different number for cash flow. And as I said previously, I don't like surprises. Cash flow is a major blind spot in a business. Now, how do you calculate how do you how do you calculate cash flow on the most in the most simple manner? Cash flow, if you start the year with ten thousand dollars in your bank account and you end the year with one thousand dollars left in your bank account, and I said to you, what's your cash flow? The answer is clear. I started the year with ten thousand dollars. I'm ending the year with one. My cash flow is negative $9,000. Cash flow measurement number one. After everything has happened, what has been the movement in all your bank accounts, including cash at the bank? So if we look at William's business, William has got no cash in the bank. William is funded all through borrowings. William's short-term debt grew from 5 million to 7.2. Williams borrowed 2.2 million from the bank to fund short-term debt. And Williams' long-term debt has grown from 9 million to 10 million. William, your bank accounts have got worse by $3.2 million. Your cash flow is negative 3.2 million. When you create a monthly scorecard. One of the critical numbers to note is the movement in all your bank accounts, and that's your cash at the bank. And that's why I say to every company, the bank knows your cash, so should you. If you've got no debt, the movement in your cash at the bank is your cash flow. So every month on your scorecard, you need to know your score. And as I go along today, I'm going to mention some thought leaders who I've worked with who you should basically read. Jack Stack wrote an unbelievable book called The Great Game of Business. And like me, Jack Stack compares your business to a sporting event. If you don't see the score, it's a very, very boring event to watch. Your business has a score called cash. Every person in your business needs to understand your cash flow. We then need to teach your team how to play a better game, and that's called the power of one. Every time you change the way you run your business, there's going to be an impact on cash. Put up your prices, good for cash. Grow your overheads too quickly, bad for cash. Collect slower, bad for cash. So what we need to do is step one, everyone needs to understand the cash flow, the movement in all your bank accounts. Step two, we need to teach them how to play the game of management called the power of one. Now, we speak Spanish, your bank speaks Portuguese. We speak about profit and the bank looks at capacity to repay. So if I was the credit officer in a bank, the bank would say, William, how much do you owe us? William's got 7.2 million short term and 10 million long term. William owes the bank 17.2 million. 
the bank would be saying, William, do you have future cash flow to help you pay your interest and your maturing debt? So William owes the bank an interest bill of 1.3 million. Currently, William's got a cash flow of minus 3.2 mil. William, do you have future cash to service the interest and the maturing debt? And that's the problem I'm seeing all over the world is that business and banks are interpreting the numbers completely different. This company, as a matter of interest, is in the hospital division of one of the global banks and the owner believes business is great. We're looking at profit and the banks looking at capacity to repay. Now, and this is obviously, David, you're going to need to cut this out. In one sentence, you can describe your balance sheet. You produce a P&L and balance sheet. Everyone understands the profit. Very simple. You've got to make your numbers simple. You've got to make your numbers that your non-financial people understand it. And the way I describe a balance sheet is funding equals operations. How do you finance your business? Either through debt or through equity. So in William's case, William's debt is cash at the bank, short and long-term debt. William's got 7.2 million short-term and 10 million long-term. William's got 17.2 million of debt from the bank. William, your equity is 9.5 million. We started the business with an investment, a share capital. You've retained profits in the company, and that's your equity. Funding equals operations. What are you financing? You finance the working capital, and the rest of the balance sheet I call other capital. So working capital, to make it simple, is your receivables plus your inventory, or in a service company, we call it work in progress, less your payables. And the rest of the balance sheet is the balancing item called other capital. And in William's case, the other capital is the investment in fixed assets. So if I had to look at any one of your companies in one sentence, you can describe it as debt plus equity, your funding equals working capital, receivables, plus inventory or work in progress, minus payables, and the other capital is the balancing item. Now, why is this equation so powerful? So firstly, a mistake I see right across the world. People say to me, Alan, the bank's coming to see me. Let's give them all the good news. Let's make them love us. Now, the lesson we need to learn is the bank knows your cash flow every day. Cash flow is the movement in your debt. So William's got 17.2 million net debt at the moment. If I had to compare it to the previous period, the movement in the net debt is the cash flow. Banks hate surprises. The worst thing you can do to your bank, your partner, Debt sits next to equity. William, you've got a dollar for every two dollars 
your partners got in. And one of the suggestions I'm giving to you, if you want to improve your relationship with the bank, you've got to demonstrate to the bank that you, the management team, understand the concept of cash flow and risk. Every time there's a risk in your business, show your partner, the bank, that you've got a mitigant or a solution to help reduce your risk. Cash flow is the movement in your net debt. How do you improve cash flow? Well, you've got to improve your equity by making more profit. You need to reduce your working capital. And if possible, are there any other capital items or fixed asset items or investments you can eliminate in the business? A story of numbers consists of four chapters. Chapter one is profit. And every one of you understand profit. Equally important to chapter one is chapter two, your working capital. Your working capital, receivables, plus inventory or work in progress, less payables. Other capital is the rest of your balance sheet. The result of your business is chapter four, your funding, as measured by your cash flow. What I'm finding as well, you walk into business and they're discussing over and over again a quarter of their story. You cannot look at chapter one profit and say to yourself, I understand cash. It's got to be a logical process. Step one, you look at your profit. Then you got to say to yourself, What's happened in chapter two, working capital? What's been the growth or the decline in my working capital? What's happened to the rest of the balance sheet? Once you understand chapter one plus chapter two plus chapter three, you will understand your cash. The quick way to calculate chapter four is the movement in all your bank accounts. That's the reconciliation of cash. However, if you want to understand what's, where did it come from, you need to have a logical process. You've got to educate your non-financial people what's going on. Your marketing people are making price volume decisions every day. They're impacting your profit. Everyone's impacting finance, marketing, operations, are impacting chapter one and chapter two. They need to understand what, what their management um, implications are to both chapter one and chapter two. So if we reconcile William's four chapters, the first thing that happened in William's business is William made 2.08 million profit. So if we go back to William's financials, so if we go back to William's numbers, William has made, in chapter one, 2.08 million profit. That's positive. Well done, William. You've done a great job. William has got a very strong skill in managing chapter one profit. Revenues are growing. Margins are improving. Profits growing. Equally important to chapter one is chapter two, working capital. Working capital are receivables plus inventory, less payables. 
Sir William, your receivables and inventory have grown from 17 to 22.9. Williams had to borrow 5.9 million to finance the increase in receivables and inventory. Luckily for William, the suppliers have grown from 4 million to 5.5. They've given us 1.5 million support in growing the increase in receivables and inventory. So, William, your working capital, your chapter two, has grown from 17 to 22.9, 5.9 million, less the growth in payables, one and a half. So, your chapter two, William, your working capital has grown by 4.4 million. Williams had to find 4.4 million to grow chapter two. And in chapter three, Williams spent a million dollars increasing the fixed assets from 8.5 to 9.5 million. So let's now summarize Williams chapter two, chapter three, etc. William, your profit, brilliant job, you made 2.08 million. Your working capital grew by 4.34, I said 4.4 million and you spent a million dollars in chapter three. So William, your cash inflows are 2.08 million from chapter one. Cash outflows are 5.3 million from chapter two and chapter three. You ended up borrowing 3.2 million from the bank, which is the movement in all your bank accounts. However, you need to create on one piece of paper a four chapter scorecard. So you can see chapter one, profit, chapter two, working capital. If applicable, what's happened in chapter three, the result of the business is cash. Cash flow is the movement in all your bank accounts. What does a good CEO do? A good CEO, a good CFO should be a four chapter storyteller. Chapter one, profit. Chapter two, working capital. Chapter three, other capital. Resulting in chapter four, funding. The movement in your funding is your cash flow. If you understand chapter four, you will understand your bank. The bank is obsessed with your capacity to repay. When a bank puts pressure on a business, it means you've got a chapter four problem. In other words, you don't have future cash to service interest and maturing debt. When a bank is worried about you, it means there's something wrong with your cash. You need to give your partner, the bank, a solution using Chapter 1 profit and Chapter 2 working capital how to improve, obviously, Chapter 4 cash flow. The bank's your partner. You need to show the bank that you understand cash and hence you understand capacity to repay. So if we look at the four chapters, we can see every one of you, every month should be looking at your trends in profitability. What's happening with gross margin? For example, William, in your company, every period, the margin's improving. Your profit's improving. You're doing a brilliant job, William. One of the other things I sometimes look at when I'm looking at profitability, 
many companies tell me my overheads are fixed. When I grow my business, my overhead structures don't grow. It's very interesting to plot your revenue growth versus your overheads growth. Now, in William's business, the overheads are actually growing faster than the revenue growth. So make sure that in your company, you are reviewing the comparison to revenue growth versus overheads growth. Equally important to chapter one is chapter two, working capital. And working capital is receivables or debtors, inventory or stock or work in progress in a service company and how we pay the suppliers, payables or creditors. So look at your trends and see what's happening. Make sure as a leader, as a management team, you can explain the movements. I hate surprises. Absolutely critical that you can explain the movements in your business. A nice way to look at your working capital is in terms of a working capital timeline. So, for example, in Williams' company, on day zero, stock arrives. Or in a service company, on day zero, you start doing the work. On day 70, William pays his suppliers. He holds his inventory or his stock for 180 days and then sells it. He gets paid 75 days later on day 255. William needs to finance the gap between when he collects the money compared to when he pays his suppliers. In William's case, it's 185 days. And last period, William needed 165 days. Cash flow is the result of growth. People need money to grow, but people also need money to fund management. Every time management is changing the way they run their business, there's a cash flow impact. But in chapter two, we can very clearly see that management has changed the way they've run the business. They need an extra 20 days to obviously finance the cycle. The question I would be asking if I was the chairman of this company is, William, do you realize that you've grown your company? However, you've also had poor working capital management. You borrowed 3.2 million from your bank. Of that 3.2 million, Summit is financing the 20-day growth in your working capital cycle. Now, today, we don't have enough time to look at other capital, but in my detailed notes in the cash flow story website, I will obviously provide insights. There are three critical cash flow measures. Cash flow measurement number one, we've learned already. It's called net cash flow. It's the movement in all your bank accounts. Every month, what you need to look at is what has been the movement in cash at the bank, short-term and long-term debt. Cash flow measurement number two. This is all about if you grow your company. The question I always ask a business, if you grow your business by one more dollar, what's going to happen to your company? Well, the first thing that happens when you grow your business is you're going to generate a gross margin. So chapter one is the first thing that happens. William says, 
I've got $42 million of revenue, and my gross margin is $13.02 million. So William's gross margin is your gross margin divided by your revenue. However, when you grow your business, you need working capital to finance your company. So the next dollar you sell, William, how much working capital do you need? So William says, my receivables or my debtors are 8.6 million. My inventory is 14.2. My suppliers or my creditors are giving five and a half million help. My working capital is 17.3 million. So I've sold $42 million. I needed 17.3 million. So let's now bring it down to $1. If William grows his business by one more dollar, he's going to make 31 cents gross margin. However, William, your working capital is running at 41 cents. So many companies I see are profitable, but they've got no cash and they don't understand why. One of the warning signs that I look at is cash flow measurement number two. I call it marginal cash flow, and the definition is gross margin versus working capital. So, William, if you grow the business by one more dollar, you're going to produce. 31 cents gross margin, but you're going to borrow 41 cents of working capital. The next dollar you grow, William, you are negative 10 cents. The implication is as you grow your business, you're going to be borrowing more and more from your bank. But most companies, almost every business I see, never measures chapter two impact in growing the business. And it's equally important to what's happening in chapter one. The bigger the gap, the worse your cash. What you need to work with is your management team to show them this number and then to workshop. How can you grow your working capital and how can you shrink your, sorry, how can you grow your gross margin and how can you shrink your working capital? You want the gap to be always fairly significant between margin and working capital. The same concept you can apply to different business units. So if a company came to me and said, Alan, we're very profitable, but we got no cash, what I would say to the company is tell me about your business. So for example, in this case study, I've got a business in the service industry doing design, planning, property. So for example, Brisbane Design, the business unit is making 47% gross margin. Whereas Melbourne Design is making 31. So you would assume Brisbane is a better business than Melbourne. Gross margin, 47 versus 31. However, equally important is chapter two. So Brisbane is doing major projects and they collect in 163 days and they invoice the client every three months so their work in progress is 91 days. Brisbane is borrowing 67 cents to fund chapter two. The next dollar Brisbane grows, gross margin versus working capital is minus 20 cents. Melbourne is doing very different jobs. 
they collect every 30 days and they invoice the client every 23 days. Mathematically, Melbourne needs 11 cents. Melbourne is producing 20 cents cash the next dollar they grow. What I then did, I created a cash flow ladder. I ranked every business unit from the worst, which is Brisbane Design, to the best is Melbourne Economics. And then you, as a CEO, can say to yourself, where are we making and where are we losing money? So what you need to do as a business is understand which parts of my business are producing cash and which parts are absorbing. You cannot look at gross margin alone. You need to look at chapter one profit and chapter two working capital to understand the impact on your cash flow. And if you wanted, you could then color code this red, green, or yellow. It's critical to create visibility in your company. So on one piece of paper, you can show your business what's happening. Very important for your management team to at least understand chapter one and chapter two. Chapter one, profit. Chapter two, working capital. So the first thing I would say to the client or your business, tell me about your ideal profile. What should the business look like? So William might say, for every dollar we sell, we need to make 30% gross margin and 10% EBIT. So therefore, our overheads are running at 20%. William also might say, we need to collect. Our debtors need to be 60 days. Our inventory or work in progress, 90. And we need to pay our suppliers in 60 days. You then need to color code your business, good, average, bad. Green, yellow, red. So for each one of these business ratios, so for example, gross margin, greater than 30% gross margin is good, agreed. Between 28 to 30 is yellow, and go below 28 is a red. Greater than 10% EBIT, excellent. 8 to 10 average, less than 8 bad. Collect less than 60 days, good. 60 to 70 average, greater than 70 red. And then every month, for example, you can look at your business and see the colors that you're getting. Cash flow is the result of growth and management. Your management team is responsible for chapter one profit and chapter two working capital. Run your business in color code red, you're gonna have no money. You need to teach the company Whenever they see a red, what do we need to do to move it to a yellow or a green? Cash flow is the result of growth and changes in management. A concept that you're going to learn today that is more important than anything I'm going to say is the concept called the power of one. There are seven things you can do to your business to improve profit, cash, and valuation. A story of numbers is dependent upon chapter one profit and chapter two working capital. How do you impact profit? Well, you can either improve your prices or change your volumes. You can have better margin, so you can purchase better, 
you can bill more efficiently to the client, you can utilize your people more effectively, you can control your overheads, you can collect faster, reduce inventory or bill quicker, and pay your suppliers differently. Sitting on the desk of every single person. Now, I'm going to need to get to another website to show this. A story of numbers is told over two chapters, as I said, your profitability and your working capital. There are seven levers you can change in your business. Sitting on the desk of every leadership team should be the power of one. So, for example, in William's business, put your prices up by 1%. Your cash flow improves by 333 Your profit by 420 Sell 1% more, William. Your cash flow goes down by 43 and your profit goes up by 130 Now, if anyone can remember what I said, you're brilliant. Whenever Chapter 2 Working Capital needs more funding than what you're producing in gross margin, volume is detrimental to cash. So in William's company, Chapter 2 needed 41 cents. Chapter 1, gross margin produced 31. Volume is detrimental to cash, but good for profit. And I'm seeing that over and over again in many companies. If you don't manage your working capital efficiently, you might have strong profit, but you're going to have cash flow issues. William, every 1% improvement in margin is 377,000 cash. 289 profit. William, every day of receivables is $115,000. So William might say, currently I'm collecting in 75. I should be collecting in 60. I've got 15 power of one problems in my collections. How, much, how many days are you overstocked by, William? Every day is worth 79,000. And I have the following discussion. Every single quarter as part of a board meeting, I ask the management team, tell me how many power of one changes we can make. So, for example, the management team might say, we're going to put prices up by 2%, and the sales team might say, well, we're going to lose 5% in volume. So, if we do this, if we put our prices up by, by 2 even if you lose 5%, your cash flow will improve by 884 and your profit by 189. So you should every single month be obsessed with how do I improve profit and how do I improve cash? And obviously this will then impact your valuation. So the power of one, in my opinion, is the code of a company. The power of one improves profit, cash and valuations. Make sure you understand the changes that you're making. We speak Spanish, your bank speaks Portuguese. I'm going to now cover what the credit department in a bank looks at. When you go to a new bank, you need to, in, to explain to your bank the industry where you are, where you're positioned. Explain to the bank, your management team, banks back people. Explain clearly your business cycle. 
are you a cyclical seasonal business? And then tell the bank your financing needs. How much money do you need in the short and the long term? Because once the bank understands this part of the puzzle, the bank will then say, how do we structure the deal? Can the company service and repay? What security do we need? And what type of covenants and reporting should we put against this client? I've interviewed banks and business. When you interview a CEO about their bank, what they will normally say is the bank doesn't understand my business. They are inflexible. They're never there when I need them. The manager keeps changing. They take forever to make a decision. Then you can ask your banker, what do you think about business? And the bank will say they don't treat us like a partner in their business. They don't forecast or budget accurately. They keep changing directions without letting us know. You never know when things are going bad. It's a surprise and that's bad for my career. Just when we get on, they shop us around to another bank. When a bank is looking at your business, they're focusing on three primary areas. Number one, they're looking at you, the management team. And the best way they can assess the management team is by your ability to forecast and obviously your financial performance. The bank will then look at your cash flow as measured by your capacity to repay. Do the ratios look correct? And then obviously the bank says, how much security do we need? What happens if things go wrong? What is our loss given default? Historically, when you had a bank manager, the bank manager knew your company very well. They were very close to you. And it was a wonderful relationship. Today, it's changed. A relationship manager is managing multiple clients. You need to control the bank. You need to have a much stronger relationship between you and the bank. This is a typical organization structure within your banking setup. You have a relationship manager. They might have a junior. They would report to a senior relationship manager, reporting to a regional manager and a state manager. Within the network, you've probably got equipment finance specialists, working capital specialists, treasury people, credit managers. And what I'm saying to all the businesses I'm involved in today is build advocacy in your bank. You need to control the relationship. Look at this organization structure and say to yourself, do we have five advocates within this network who know our business? So what you need to do is look at the typical organization structure and start to invite and get to know these key people in the bank. Because if something goes wrong or you need a favor, it's critical that you've got different people in this organization structure who are batting for you. And the best way to build advocacy, to let the bankers feel their contribution matters. Debt sits next, next to equity. Funding equals operations. Debt plus equity is the way you fund the business. The bank is your partner. 
give them a voice, let them express opinions, and allow them to feel their input is valuable. Reciprocation. If you support the bank, the bank will support you. Provide social recognition on your networks, on your social media. Invite banks to your functions. Once you build advocacy, your relationship with the bank will significantly improve. Today, we started off and we said, we speak Spanish, your bank speaks Portuguese. A message that I'm trying to reinforce today is that as a business leader, we don't like surprises. Your bank doesn't like surprises. What you need to do is to become a four-chapter storyteller, a storyteller for profit, for working capital. What's happened in the rest of your balance sheet, other capital? The result of your business is cash. If you understand your cash, you understand your bank, capacity to repay. The most important concept I've mentioned today is how do you improve your cash flow? The power of one. There are seven things you can change in your business. Price, volume, cost of goods, and overheads. In chapter two, your collections, your inventory, or in a service company, how quickly you bill the, the client. And obviously your suppliers, how quickly or slowly. How many 1% or one-day changes do you need to make to achieve financial excellence? Today, I started and I said revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king. I'm going to end the same way. And thank you very much. Please visit the Cashflow Story website, listen to the videos, download the detailed notes. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Alan. What I'll do is I'll put links just here to jump through to those relevant pages and we'll grab some of those documents as well so people can have the quick links to be able to grab those. Perfect. Uh, thank you Yeah, very much for your time and going through that cash flow story. Definitely a very lack of understanding for a lot of business owners in that particular area. So it's, it's something that more attention needs to be given. Thank you again. Thanks so much, David. We'll uh, continue with the Business Systems Summit. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.